Good evening. It's Library Staff Love Learning um, this evening. We are going to be talking about book awards this evening. And um, just while I get myself started and my hosts um, uh, up on screen, I just want to say hello and welcome to all my lovely listeners. Um, if you are, I've just spotted Jake. Okay, Jake, do you want to request to speak and I will make you a speaker? That's the first thing that you need to do. Um, and I'll watch out for that. Um, hi, Ruth. Lovely to see you. Um, I'm going to see if I can make you a co-host. Uh, invite to co-host. Lovely. Okay, now I hope everybody can hear me. So actually request to speak. Uh, where are you? Let me just sort out the requests. Uh... Hi, Bruce, can you hear me? Hi, Bruce, can you hear me? Uh, hi, Elizabeth, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, slight delay, but yeah. That's fine. Okay, so I've tried to make Jake... Uh, I've... Okay, uh, try again. Lovely. Okay, you've requested. Let me... I'm just going to try and get you. There you go. Right, hopefully you're on now, Jake. You should be able to speak. Do you just want to... Unmute yourself and say hello. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi, Jake. Lovely. Okay, it works. <laughs> this bit's all. This bit's always a little bit um, difficult because we're trying to get everybody online. But um, hopefully that's good. I can also see Amy. Amy, if you want to um, join us and and talk, can you request to speak as well? Um, so just while I'm getting everybody sorted, um, this is Library Staff of Learning. Um, we are talking this evening about book awards and and we have a a, a little bit of a um, interesting question why are teenage books so angsty um we have um i'm going to sorry just let somebody else in um we are going to be talking about book awards in general um but we have uh, a couple of people who are um quite involved in, in book awards. So hopefully they will be able to, to join in and give us their points of view as well. As always, if you want to join in this chat, um, you just need to request to speak. You're perfectly, I'm perfectly happy for you just to sit and listen. Um, but if you do have something that you'd like to join in and say, then press request to speak and we'll see you, we'll, we'll invite you up. There are, at the bottom of the screen, there are several icons. Um, if you like something that somebody said, you can press the icon and have a smiley or a laughy face or a heart or 100% or whatever, just so that we know that you're you're joining us. That would be nice. Um, but apart from that, I think we're ready to go. I have my speakers. Well done, Irene. <laughs> I see a heart. Fantastic. Someone someone is actually listening. That's good. Um, Sabrina, it's good to see you again tonight. Um, uh, and I, Yeah, Irene. So let's crack crack on. Um, so this evening, like I've said, we are talking about book awards. Having worked in a school's library service for 14, 15 years, book awards were something that we um, regularly took part in. Um, predominantly the Carnegie and Greenaway Awards. Um, for us, the prestige, the fact that it was um, 
already sorted and organized and and planned it had a great structure um schools were happy to to take our lead and and join in um but down the line we then decided that we would like to do a um a local book award so we set one up um so which was early days back in back in 2018 i think we did um and it just sort of raised my understanding of of how difficult it is to a run a a book award but also to get schools engaged even if the school librarians are really hot on it you know we couldn't have tried harder um the positives about the local book award was the fact that the students were supposedly able to take more of a um a part I know now that Carnegie has changed slightly so that they are allowing students to vote. Um, but tonight is more about sort of looking at book awards. Why are they important for school libraries? Do they have a role to play? Is is there an importance to them? And and um, you know, if we are if we are going to be taking part in book awards, what is it that we need to be doing as librarians or as um, advocates for these awards, is there something else that we should be doing? And finally, I better get back to my title, I suppose. Why are teenage books so angsty? Maybe somebody can answer that question for me. Um, I've read some very angsty teenage books connected to book awards. Um, funnily enough, it's the most angsty ones that tend to stick with me. So maybe that's the reason, I don't know. Um, Ruth, who's my co-host this evening, um, I just want to invite you in, Ruth. Did you did you have a good half term? Do you run book awards? How does it work for you at your school? Hi, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, I did have a good half term. Um, a welcome break um, and very nice. Yeah, uh, should have been our Carnegie book group today. But as ever in school libraries, the day didn't quite go to plan and turned into wall to wall meetings. So we didn't meet. Um, we do run uh, what we call a awards book club. So we have a local book award that we set up. Um, or we di I didn't set up, but I help run now. Um, and that runs pretty much from summer through to March. We then neatly finish that and pick up Carnegie. Um, it's a really interesting and different um, collection of books that we use for each one. Um, so we obviously follow the Carnegie list, which I agree with you, Elizabeth, can be very, very angsty. And and we have, you know, I've discounted books entirely because it, I just find them too much and unnecessarily too much. Um, and we are quite careful when we choose the local book awards to try and get more of a balance. And I know that's difficult because our criteria are not as restricted time-wise as Carnegie. And I think that's something... Um, you know, publishing does seem to go in waves. And if everything is angsty, everything is angsty. Absolutely. And I don't think that's always, you know, it's it's a, sort of a bit of a mixture, isn't it? Um, we need, you need that, especially if we're talking about teenage books, you need that whatever's going to grip students, isn't it? It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's whatever is, is hot topic at the moment needs to be there. And they are quite angsty. I mean, you know, the kids want to read those books. They do, they do. I find them difficult, but <laughs> I've got a few years on most of them. 
do you think do you think it's because we are now adults and it's all too much for us in that actually we need our students to to guide us in what they need or what they want to read rather than what we think that they should be reading i think another thing to bring to mind is is the fact that we have life experience to bring to these books you know when when i i can't remember what it was called but there was one that, that was talking about um uh, and somebody will will remind me of the title in a minute, I'm sure, where they were on a train to to um, Siberia, I think, and the mother and baby came off the train and the baby died, and I was devastated. And the students that were reading the book alongside me were like, well, that happens. And it's like, I think yeah. my attitude to the fact that I had children is why it was so terrible for me to read that. Whereas for students, it's not quite so bad. Do you, do, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that sometimes the reverse can be true. So, you know, the kids at our school all try to read Elizabeth is Missing or um, what's the one about the woman who's an alcoholic? Um, uh, <laughs> Oliphant. Oliphant is, oh, yes. Is usually okay or whatever it's called. And I, they come back and they say, it's really, I didn't really get on with it. And I say, well, no, because you don't have the life experience without being rude. You know, you, you haven't lived those kind of met other people, lived a bit longer. Those books are written for an adults for a reason. And I also say in, on the reverse of that, I didn't enjoy this book particularly, but I'm not the target audience for it. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't... I no longer need to read those kind of romances or those kind of teenage angsty books because thank the Lord, those days are behind me. Absolutely. I have uh, Jake and Amy um, who are, who are probably more expertise in talking about um, uh, teenage books um, than, than I will ever be. Um, Jake, can I bring you up to speak um, and, and introduce yourself? Um, tell us how you are involved in book awards and and do you think that teenage books are, are angsty the, these days? Thank you. Yes, so my name's Jake Hope and I am the chair of the working party for the Carnegie and Kate Greenaway medals. So that involves sort of overseeing the process, making sure that everything happens in a way that is impartial and that maintains the history and the integrity of the awards. Um, I'm very, very interested in book awards. I started my library career working on the Lancashire Book of the Year Award, which is one of the few awards that is judged entirely by young people. Um, so they chose the shortlist that they have, and they also chose the, the overall winner. And in terms of are teenage books more angsty? I think probably yes, but I think it's also important to remember that teenage books and young adult books are actually quite a relatively a new thing. Um, and I think we find ourselves as teenagers encountering big ideas and issues around who we are, what our place is in the world, and fundamentally how that helps to shape our thinking. These are massive ideas. And stories really help with that. They give shape to our thoughts, experiences and feelings, and they help us to better understand them. So I think maybe some of that angst is helping us to sort of identify who we are and how we feel about the world that we're a part of. 
I would agree. Um, thank you so much, Jake, for, for, for bringing that up. I think, I think, you know, the world is definitely changing, isn't it? Um, and, and whereas, as, I don't know whether I was, I was reading Sue Barton's student nurse as a teenager and wanted to be a, a nurse because of that book. Um, I didn't, I ended up being a librarian as we all know. Um, but that was right for me at the time. I think if I had come across any of the books that I have read subsequently um, in book awards, uh, I might've been traumatized, but I think children are open to so much more these days, aren't they? through their gaming, through what they see on television. Um, so I suppose books are trying to compete with that, I wonder. Um, Ruth, do you want to come back in? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I think I was reading what I thought was terribly edgy Judy Bloom at that age. Um, and I remember Judy Bloom's Forever being passed around under the table as if it was the most exciting thing in the world. It now looks extraordinarily tame um, compared with what's going on. But I don't think that all that means, all that signifies is that those there weren't books that were written that reflected the way we were. I mean, I, I think teenagers are growing up in a different world, but I do think they are angsty. I think that the interesting thing is to find the books that appeal to them but are less bleak. Um, and it's rare that I come across those. The hope is always in massive adversity. And I'm not sure, I mean, teenagers like that. They, I think that there is a, a, an inclination to be over dramatic. Um, but it would be, you know, it's, it's lovely sometimes to find the books where the hope is based in something a little less hard hitting. Um, and I, sorry, I can't think of, you know, certainly on the Carnegie list this year, um, there are some, there are some tricky, there are some hard hitting books and there are some books about issues that I don't think I would have been ready to face. The very fact that we, you know, we have to divide the books between those that are suitable for our younger students and those that aren't. Um, I don't think that would have happened when we were children. Okay, interesting, Ruth. I'm going to bring Amy in now. Um, Amy, would you like to just introduce yourself? You are you are a prolific um, children's library of oh, school librarian who reads such a lot and is such an advocate for reading. Um, book awards for you. What do you think? Hi. Um, I well, a bit like Jake. I love book awards. I find them really interesting because they're always going to be subjective. But I think what I like most about the scene we have in this country is there's so much choice in book awards. Like, there is a book award for pretty much anything, any genre that you're looking at. If you dig deep enough, you can probably find an award for that. And if you can't, as you said, it's not easy running a book award. I can certainly say that. But there is quite a lot of support for them out there. So I think we're in a really, really strong position in this country. Um, yeah, when we're talking about angsty... Oh, Elizabeth, you know me, I've always got so many opinions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help this, I really do. I think, first of all, for me, yeah, they are, but I think maybe that's something to be celebrated as well because, for me, um, Ruth mentioned that her, some of her readers couldn't 
deal with some of the subjects but that's the beauty of reading because reading you can do in your own time and I know for us for Carnegie and I'm sure most other book awards are the same you don't have to read all of them you can take your pick that's the beauty of it it's just this idea that you might be introduced to something else um and I think that's amazing you can come to things at your own time but you could, it also means that when you are in whatever stage of maturity you are when you're ready to explore a subject or there's something that interests you then a book is a really really safe way of exploring that darkness in life but from a safe distance so whether it be that you've seen a lot on the news about the refugee crisis and you want to build your understanding of what it is to be a refugee well there's a book out there for that if you want to understand what it's like to lose a parent but you know hopefully that's not going to happen for many many decades but you can pick up a book and understand that so actually I think this is all really positive because it's allowing us to do it from that place of safety and also books have all been you know they've been edited they're written with the best of will and you mentioned their games and you know the stuff that students can come across online I always use a test um in my library when I'm thinking about you know how much do we have to center in that would you see it on Hollyoaks and actually our students are surrounded by so much of the darkness in the world as we all are I think if we're going to find out about that darkness I can't think of a better place to do it than through a book uh, and I would agree. I think, Amy, what you what you said about um, uh, being able to be selective and to choose is really important, isn't it? Yeah, um, oh, definitely. And, and to be introduced to books that that you wouldn't necessarily choose. I think I, I think a lot of us like to stay in our comfort zones, don't? Yeah, well, even as, even as adults. Oh yeah, totally. When I was looking through and and reading the Carnegie when I was um, involved in them. There was, you know, there were things like the Mar uh, the Marcus Sedgwick books that, that mm -hmm. again, I, I don't I don't read scary books out of choice, but actually, reading something like that just opens your eyes to actually there is a good story there. Um, yeah. Read it during the day rather than just before you go to bed. That's the the trick for me. Um, but it but it was all about you know being introduced to things. It's a bit like um, you know, as an adult, I have a I run a book club. And, and each person individually chooses the book that we have to read. And it's not always a book that I would choose. And that's the joy of it. And I think book clubs do the same thing. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. I think that is the absolute beauty of it. I mean, I know for me, um, I've been involved with Carnegie Greenaway for <laughs> umpteen years. And I read every book that's nominated and without giving any titles, obviously, because I'm far too discreet for that. Every year, there's a few books that I look at. I think, oh, I don't want to read that. And sometimes they're the books that I enjoy most. And again, I think that's such that's the magic of reading that you never really know what's going to be between those covers until you dive into them. And sometimes it won't be for you. And if you're a reader in school or any reader, I would always advocate like life's too short for a book you're not enjoying. But you can give them a go. And yeah, I think that's lovely. I think it's amazing to be able to find different books, particularly when you know, we know the issues that we have with marketing, with the publicity of certain books, celebrity books, supermarkets. It's a whole new conversation, but hopefully book awards kind of work against that culture that we're experiencing as well. Absolutely, I'd agree. Um, I, think, I think it's interesting as well because, because Carnegie and Greenaway have evolved, haven't they, over the years? Mm -hmm. and, and I find it fascinating that the, how the picture books have evolved. So 
So can I do that, Amy? Can I, when you're not talking, I just ask you to mute. Lovely, thank you. Sorry, there's a background noise going on. So, so, so for those of you that don't know, Greenaway is is about, and probably Jake can can put me right here that if I'm not describing it properly, but um, it is the picture book is for the illustrator, and and probably in the past, um, it, you would find far more sort of um primary school books so books for for reception year one year two and year three probably now we have such a diverse collection of of illustrated books that deserve to be in this award category but they are no longer suitable for primary age students so jake would you just tell us if you can just a little bit more about how greenaway has evolved over the years and and how you think do you think that the the older picture books have a place or illustrated books should I say rather than picture books have a place and 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 you know working with older students does do they have a role there do you think yeah thank you um yeah so the Kate Greenaway medal is awarded for an outstanding reading experience that's created through the illustration so it doesn't have to be a picture book um it can be a graphic novel it can be illustrated fiction could be a wordless book. Um, there's lots and lots of different types of, of illustration that can be recognised. And in terms of, do I think that um, that Kate Greenaway sort of nominated books can have a place with um, older students? Absolutely. Amy has um, done lots of projects around this. We're actually running a project at the moment with the Arts Council England called Greenaway Greats. Um, and we're encouraging both primary schools and secondary schools to get involved in reading some of the past winners of the Kate Greenaways and to select their own winner out of those. And we've got a collection for primary schools and a collection for secondary schools. It's really interesting to see sort of the way that that's being used, the way that it's encouraging kind of creative expression. And I think we're tending to see much more happening in the way of sophisticated picture books. America and Australia have tended to have categories around this for a long time. And we've been slow to come to that market in the UK, but we are seeing that happen far more now. And those picture books kind of introduce us to probably darker, more angsty subjects again, um, not necessarily always, um, but they, they allow us to introduce those through illustration and illustration really is a great equaliser. So for people who might have English as an additional language, for people who might not feel that confident in their reading ability or skills, there's a real role that illustration can play in bringing everyone together. I'd agree. I think that, that's so true. I'm going to bring Ruth back in. Yeah, I'm just interested in this question because I would agree that the the I mean it's evident the change in the uh, Greenaway um, but I wonder how the primary school librarians feel about that because I think there used to be that sort of standard split that primaries looked at the Kate Greenaway and the secondaries looked at the Carnegie and sometimes you might look at both or you, there might be some overlap but basically that was the way it sat but I think certainly looking at this year's list there are far fewer books which will be you know standard certainly picture book primary level 
there's certainly some on that list that we would look at in secondary school. And I know that there's a discussion amongst uh, on SLN and places like that um, about the age limit for uh, green for Carnegie and the the number of books which are not suitable for the younger secondary students. So I wonder whether there's something to be done or whether there's a whether there's a rethink to be had amongst librarians about that separation and whether we um, no longer choose one or the other, but what we look at is across the board a selection of books. Um, it does make the judging difficult, though, from our point of view. Um, yeah, just thinking out loud, really. Yeah, thanks, Ruth. What do you think, Amy? Do you think that the, the um, awards have changed in a different way and are less accessible for secondary and than and primary schools, or do you think it's just different? Um, no, I know. I don't think they're less accessible. You know, in most ways, I think they're a lot more accessible. I think as librarians, we have to make sure that we aren't becoming gatekeepers too much, that we're not looking at something and automatically seeing because it's illustrated or because it fits what we think is a primary book that we're then telling our secondary students, that's not for you. Because in my experience and with the readers that I've worked with, that's not how you grow a love of reading. Uh, the enjoyment of a book is diving into everything. Like one of the things I find saddest is when you hear students who are told, you know, you're too old for that now. And we've all had those experiences in bookshops or we've heard parents of students, you know, you're not allowed to read those books anymore. Why are you reading that? That's not a proper book. And I think as librarians, we have to do the work as well and make sure that we're not becoming those officious gatekeepers who are, you know, stopping people from reading something that actually they might enjoy. And just because it's not written with their age in mind doesn't mean it's not still enjoyable. I'm fairly <laughs> certain that none of the books on the list this year were written with a 41-year-old in mind, but I've still enjoyed them all. Yeah, no, Amy, I would agree entirely. I mean, I, would, I certainly wouldn't want to discourage anybody from reading any of them only that if you are running it as a book club and you're trying to uh, you know judge one book against another you need to we I think we probably need to follow one award or another or we follow both but you can't it's not a mix and match job really um, because it would be very difficult to judge what was nominated for one award against the other um and therefore that that is is my problem it's not the content of the book or the style that they're written in because i would entirely agree with you they they have something to offer for the right reader um it's just that question of how it works for a book club how it works for a librarian trying to make that or a teacher trying to make that decision um yeah i get that i see what you mean now um i'm gonna quote now she was a chair of the judging panel a good few years ago a lady called helen thompson who is amazing she's a school librarian up in durham and when she was chair she coined the idea of that when we're judging we are we're not comparing like for like we're comparing we're looking for the appliest apple or the pairiest pear or the orangest orange if that makes sense so you're not necessarily comparing like for like you're saying, I'm looking for the book as a picture book and maybe looking at some of the criteria, how much does this book fit that criteria? But then you could pick up a novel and say, well, the intentions of this novel and what this novel's doing 
how does that mix meet that criteria? So we're not saying they have to be the same. We're saying how much do they fill those intentions? How much do they provide us with this outstanding re reading experience? And for me, it comes down to, it's not very eloquent, I apologise, um, but what sort of gut punch do they give me? Like for me, a Carnegie Greenaway book is, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but when you read a book and it feels like you've been punched because it's just that, like, wow. And you know that inside you changed ever so little, you, just that little bit forever because you've read that one book. That's what I'm looking for. And I think if that's what we can bring to our students and our book clubs, then it doesn't matter if it's like flight. It doesn't matter if one's a picture book, one's a novel, one's nonfiction, one's verse, one's this, one's that. It's just then, appreciation. Then maybe it's time to remove those categories, the, the, the two awards, and make it into one. Because if we are just looking for whichever book does that best, but, but actually what you've got is an award for the illustration and an award for the text. And that's my, you know, that's my kind of, I entirely agree. And I can read both of those kinds of books and think that that was brilliant. That absolutely blew me away. Um, you know, wordless picture books with such power are, you know, often in some ways more powerful, can say more without their words. But we still come back to this problem. I still come back to the problem of, and what, where does that leave the primary school librarians? Because it leaves them with, I think, my, I don't, I haven't looked at the Kate Greenaway in, in detail this year, but off the top of my head, sort of three or four books which aren't going to fit neatly for them. Um, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, aren't going to be easy read or, or aren't going to be accessible to their students. And it, it, while I can read those books and say, does that give me that gut punch? And I entirely agree, that's really important. I, I'm not sure that the two awards sit as neatly as they have done in the past. That's where I'm getting, I think, trying to get to. So what's really fascinating about this conversation, I feel, is that is that we, what we're saying is that reading a book that's linked to maybe the Carnegie or Greenaway has a definite criteria attached to it. And we have to almost remove ourselves from the fact that maybe there are, I can't remember, I don't know how many titles there are on the shortlist these days, six probably, usually. Um, if you only manage to read two of them, if you, if you are just judging them against the criteria, that is enough. You don't have to have read all six in order to get something out of the Carnegie and Greenaway. And I believe, actually, that, that this is where more of the local book awards has come in to fulfill maybe the primary junior secondary criteria or lower secondary criteria where where all the books are accessible but but as you know having set up a book award it is really difficult to find books that are very specifically for year seven and eight for example um um, to, to then, you know, expect students in year seven and eight to read even four books in however many weeks is still pushing the boundaries for some students. So, you know, if they read one, then then we've achieved as school librarians. Um, 
It's a fascinating conversation. I can see that there are many people listening to us this evening. If you run a book award, if you join in a book award, if you join in the Carnegie Greenaway, um, if you'd like to talk, please um, just request to speak. You're ha I'm happy for you to sit and just listen, but, but you are more than welcome to come up and join in this conversation. Ask questions, tell us what you do. We would love to hear more voices. Um, while I'm waiting for you all to rush up here, um, I would like to say sort of one of the things that, one of the books that, that really stuck with me, and again, it's a book that, that I would never have read had it been, had, unless it had been on the, the Carnegie um, shortlist. It was The Bunker Diaries. Um, and those of you that have read it, I won't spoil the story for you, but it was like a draw-dropping moment at the end. And I couldn't believe that a book for teenagers had been written and left that way. And actually talking to people, and I think this is the part, this is what's great about book clubs, is that, is that children and students get the chance to chat to each other about a book. So often you'll read something and it will be like, oh, no, that was awful, that was terrible. But then in a group you begin to discuss it. And it really opens up the book to something that you didn't think of before. And the Bunker Diaries, for me particularly, um, brought up a conversation about how that book could be used with upper secondary. But, but the protagonist, who was he, her, whoever it was, what was the beginning of the story before the, before the story started? And what was the, what happened at the end? Why did it end that way? And, and can, is there an explanation? Where did it go to? And I think that's the wonderful thing about some of the fiction that we read today, is that it's not just you read from the front to the back and that's the end of it, which, which a lot of our students can do that within our school libraries, can't they? Because, because our libraries are full of really exciting books. Book Awards brings children together to discuss. And I think that is the element that book awards really bring, allow to bring books alive. Um, Amy, have you had any experiences like that? What do you think? Yeah, I'm so glad you came to me then because I want to share with you, if that's all right, an activity I did when the Bunker Diary was shortlisted. Um, and it is a book that I love. I enjoy quite dark books um, anyway. And I enjoy books that are quite open-ended. So, you know, that was fantastic for me. My students... Most of them really enjoyed it, but they were really frustrated without giving any spoilers. They were frustrated, you refer to the end. So we actually had a criminologist come in and she read the book in beforehand and she wrote a full-on, almost criminal mindsy sort of report on it. I don't know if anyone knows the TV show Criminal Minds. I'm probably giving away one of my secrets there. I love it. And it's all about this idea of profiling criminals. And um, she did that. And she gave us a full-on profile for who she thought the bad guy was. And you mentioned the main character, what his background story is. That's Linus. So she gave us some ideas about what she thought Linus's character, deeper character was like, what she thought maybe happened at the end, why it happened. It was really interesting. And, yeah, it's that. And that's what Book Awards can do. They can open up these massive conversations and send you off and completely divert you and have lots of fun with like-minded people together. I think that absolutely sounds amazing. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> it, but it, it is so important, isn't it? It's where I, I think that's the joy of 
librarian school librarianship especially is that is that we make connections we make opportunities and we do that through books and reading um as well as our obviously wonderful research skills but but i think i think you know our our ability to think outside the box like what a fantastic idea <laughs> yeah i i really wish i had thought of that one myself you know next time next time when i find a good book um jake what do you reckon as far as the the awards themselves are concerned um do you think that like i love the idea that you that you said that that and i hadn't heard of it of of looking at all of the past winners and getting um students to judge um do you think more of that will happen in the future and and you know all of the resources the amazing resources that are on the website you know there's there's lots of um lesson ideas isn't there um do you think that will continue is you know the the authors and illustrators are obviously a big part of that that must take some some um organizing yeah, it takes a huge amount of organising. And I think the, the awards, running the awards um, annually, they are run entirely by volunteers, really, um, which I think people don't always recognise. And we get lots of requests about different things. And there is a capacity issue there. But one of the things that Amy and I have been doing over the past two or three years is looking at ways that we can activate the history more so that we can bring that to life and allow people to engage more and to discover things that they might otherwise not have encountered and I think Amy used the phrase the magic of reading and I think that is entirely what the awards are about they they create this alchemy between the reader and the text whether that's illustration or words that's being read and that's a pretty amazing thing yeah <clears throat> sorry I would agree absolutely I think I think you know, the few times that I have um, spent with older students looking at picture books, um, even the youngest of picture books, um, I think Amy um, uh, mentioned this earlier, was the fact that, you know, uh, you know, children look, older children looking at, at, at what we deem as picture books for, for um, infant children, um, there's still something to get out of it. And and what really fascinated me was the fact that, you know, I, I don't know whether I heard an illustrator talk about it or, or an author talk about the picture book that he had written. But he said, he said, you know, when you're writing a picture book for even the youngest of child children, you need to consider the person that will be reading that book to them. And actually, if that adult is or older child is bored, then, then it's not going to um, be the hook that it needs in order for that book to be read over and over and over again, which is what you want. And actually reading books with teenagers, picture books with teenagers, those young picture books with teenagers, was a fascinating um, activity because it allowed the children not just to, sorry, the students, not just to flick through the pages and read the easy words. They were looking at the pictures more intently to try and work out what the illustrator was trying to, you know, to 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 do with their pictures, and and as a an adult reading a picture book, it allows you to sort of pull you in, and I think that is something that that Greenaway does especially well, 
when when you've got say a wordless picture book that you've got something that that needs to be really looked into deeply um you know but having two or three teenagers looking at these picture books can be fascinating because they can spot things that you don't spot um and i think it just opens the world of reading and and exploration it's just it's just a fascinating world i love it <laughs> so Unless anybody wants to come up this evening, I'm going to bring the session to a close. So thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, hopefully you'll go and read some nice angsty teenage books and let us know what you got out of them. Um, before we close, can I just tell you that very excitingly next week, no, no, not next week, the 20th, we will have um, Emma Wallace with us. Um, you may have seen on the Fossil website um, uh, an inquiry with Year 8. Um, she's written um, an inquiry journal and she's going to come and discuss it with us and talk about how she managed to persuade her wonderful Year 8 teacher to, to do this inquiry with her. So I really hope that you will join us then. Um, so that's the 20th of June. Um, I just want to finish off with with an opportunity for either... Amy, Jake or Ruth to have any final words um, you know what would you like to leave us with um, Amy this evening oh um, <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous I promise not to go on too long couple of things so the winner's ceremony is next week and it will be live streamed so anyone listening who's interested in this year's shortlist please do watch along with that and if there's anyone listening who has had their interest peaked a little bit in what's involved with judging or when Jake talked about the resources or that sort of thing, please do get in touch with us. We're always looking to involve librarians in particular with the awards. You know, you can apply to be a judge. You might be able to help with the resources. We want to be open. I think that's the most important thing. We want all of this input. So please do get in touch with us if you want any advice, if you want to know more. That's what we're here for. We do it because we're absolutely mad about it. You know, as Jake said, we're volunteers and we do it all the time just because it's great. What a way to spend your life. So get in touch with us. And yeah, we'd love to share more details. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Amy. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Jake, have you got any last thoughts or words? Yeah, I was going to say a very similar point to Amy's, actually. I think, you know, the, the Carnegie and the Kate Greenaway are librarians professional awards um so we can't exist without librarians so do engage with us whether that's nominating a book for the awards whether it's shadowing whether it's asking us a question getting involved you know there's multiple levels at which you can do it and i would absolutely urge that i think you get far more through engaging than you do that you, than you sort of put in your your investment has a huge return Fantastic. Thank you very much, Jake. And thank you for giving us your time this evening. And finally, Ruth, my wonderful co-host. <laughs> are you are you off to read a few angsty books? Well, I've got to race through the last, the final one that I haven't finished for Carnegie yet um, before next week so that I can give my exciting professional opinion. I've discounted one absolutely out of the water, so I'm looking forward to it. I have to say, I, I really enjoy the Carnegie Award every year. It, you know, it comes out and we look through and we're a school where we read all of the books the students you know to a point of pride that they finish them all in time um 
I love it and I love the resources and I really, really like the ability to interact on the website, the shadowing um, side of things. I think that's been a fantastic addition. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's definitely one of the highlights for me and the easiest book club to run because you've provided all the amazing resources. So it's brilliant. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So thank you all very much for your time this evening. Don't forget to join us again on the 20th of June. Hopefully um, you'll have enjoyed this evening so much you can't wait to hear our lovely voices again. Thank you very much for joining us and I will see you soon. Good night. Good night.